Okay, now that we've had that awkward conversation, did everybody feel a little bit uncomfortable? Did it just feel a little uncomfortable? Oh, some people say no. Okay, that's great. You can come teach now. That'd be great. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, everywhere I go when you ask people about the talk, one of the things that happens over and over again is people go, all I, younger people say, all I want to do is just get through it. And the truth is, is I really don't believe sex is meant to be a talk. Sex needs to be an ongoing dialogue because I think it's one of the most confusing things that is out there right now. And I think it's one of the things that generation, the generation right before my generation did not know how to even talk about it. How many of you know why we have washcloths, why they were invented? Anybody know why the washcloth was invented? So we wouldn't have to touch our genitals. In the Victorian era, it was created for the very purpose to keep the hand pure. Now, I'm, so part of the, the only reason I'm saying that is the fact of the matter is we have a lot of baggage around sexuality that has come through culture. How many of you like s'mores? Oh, come on! Everybody likes a s'more. That's un-American not to like a s'more, right? Next time you're at a campfire, I have a little tidbit of information for you. Do you know why the graham cracker was created? To prevent masturbation. It is true. It is true. So part of it, I want, what I want us to recognize is we're going to just, we're going to crack. Yeah, go ahead, Google it. I can send you the resource to it. But, the, but it's the, the thing that we need to recognize, there's a lot of misconceptions around it. And my bigger question, is sex in Scripture? Because I think God has something to say to us about it that is very powerful, that is very whole, and that is very, very much where I'm going to land on the word today, it is good. It is good. Sex is good by God's design. But what does that actually mean? So I think one of the deepest questions that we all wrestle with that goes in further is, is, is pleasure sin? Do we, do we think about pleasure as sin? This is my nephew, and he's making chocolate cookies. And that is an utter delight face, isn't it? He is enjoying every ounce of that. If he could have got his head in that bowl, he would have gotten his head in the bowl. And the truth is, is he's experiencing pleasure from a place of something that is good. So my question rests, so often what happens is we don't even realize how we view sex and our sexuality, and it's separate from anything that is holy. Because over here, God is good, God is holy, God is wonderful, and over here, sex is kind of like this, oh, well, it, 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 yeah, it, it, yeah, it's kind of good, but it's not connected to my spirituality. But the way God created us, here's what I want, this is, these are the points we're going to make this morning, is God designed gender differences. God created sex. And ultimately what God says is it is good so very good. So if you would join me right now, what I want to do is I just want to say a quick prayer blessing over us as we, as we begin. Um, Lord, I feel like any time we go back to the beginning and we start at Genesis in these two small little chapters, there is so much that is there for us to explore about how you created us 
And it reveals how far, God, we have turned from what your original design was. So God, I pray right now that for each of us, we would stand in a place that we would dare to listen for the purpose of returning to a familiar story, but hearing it with new insight. Because God, if there's any place that we get frustrated, I think it has to do with our sexuality. And I believe you've called us to reintegrate in wholeness, body, mind, and spirit, so that we can literally be free in you, with you, and through you. So let us come to you right now. And let us enter deeply into the words of Genesis so that we can hear on this sacred, sacred topic. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, I've made these three statements. Gender, design gender differences. Did you know that in Genesis, what's interesting is there's two different words for how man and woman were formed. Man, men were formed, and the verb there is yesar. When men were formed out of the dust of the ground, I think this is one of the reasons why men have an affinity with dirt. I just really do. Um, that's, and that's okay. Uh, but the truth is, is men were formed out of the dust of the ground, and woman was fashioned out of the man. And that verb, when woman was fashioned out, is bene. And bene is a very complicated verb. It's very complex. It's like, it's so complicated. It's, if anybody's ever spent time reading about the temple how it was built, and all the details. It's that kind of complicated. Whereas formed is a very, what they call a simple Hebrew verb. And yesar is about, it's the same verb that is used when they made weapons and they made tools. It's a very strong, but it has a harsh simpleness to it. And I'm here to say, God designed women very complicated. God fashioned women, and we are complicated. We're so complicated, we don't even understand ourselves. Right? And every man here wants to say amen, but is scared to death. <laughs> As a woman, I can say that. There is something very different. Science is showing this over and over again, that God designed these... Di Science is showing the differences. What I believe Scripture is showing is this was God's design and intention. It is not bad. It is just different. And nowhere does this show up more than in how men and women actually experience the sexual act. They experience it totally differently, even in their brain, how they respond to physical touch. It's completely different. Now, I'm just going to go, okay, if that's, God designed these differences, and God is good, right? We still have to figure out what does good mean. God designed these differences, and God said it was good. Can we hold that these differences have something to teach us, not just about one another, but made in the image of God, they have something to teach us about who God is and how we bear that image to the world. Have you ever thought of that? Your sexuality is literally a means of displaying God to the world.
So God designed these differences. God designed them. Second point is God created sex. Well, there's an, uh, there's an obvious element of difference here. The, honestly, God created our, sex, our genitals very differently. Women are secluded and mysterious, kind of can't see anything, be real obvious. Whereas guys are kind of exposed, obvious, they're out there, they're kind of buds with their genitals. Well, they just are, because they kind of have to hang out with them all day. And there's other functions for them. Whereas the female genitals actually have some that have no function whatsoever other than pleasure. So my question is, was God like overzealous when he fashioned this woman? And like, whoa, didn't mean to make all that. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. And instead just, okay, I'll just do this. Or do we have a God? that in designing the man and the woman saw the ultimate need to create something that is beyond our imagination and our capability of even being able to understand. God created sex. God created sex. Now, for some of us, I'll say myself included, when I first started thinking about this, I was like, ooh, yeah, ooh, like, seriously? I thought God kind of, like, turned, his, turned the back, proverbial back, and said, okay, you can go do that, but I won't watch. But if God is so much a part of us, and we bear the image of God, I want you to think of this for just a moment. God created us as human beings, Right? We're created as human beings, man and woman. We bear the image of God. And God designed this very physical thing to create and call out something that is beyond our understanding and takes us to a place where I cannot even begin to start listing the disorders or the ways in which we can actually fail in this. But we're still holding that God designed, right? God designed this. So if we can make a list a mile long of everything that has ever been wrong or evil about this, what might we be able to list the good of this? If it has that kind of power to create this kind of separation, to totally separate us from our spirituality... What if God designed it to be something that revealed our spirituality? What if God designed something very physical as a way of us having to learn to surrender, learn the differences, learn how to engage with one another, and ultimately for the purpose of it pouring forth and being an offering of worship? See, God created sex not as something to prove, but as something to be in communion with another human being made in the image of God so that it can create good. But what does good mean? What does good really mean? I'm so glad you asked. God saw all that was made all he made, and he said what? 
It is good. Not just good, what? Very good. Now, what's interesting, if you think about in the Hebrew, one of the things we need to recognize is that we have a Bible that's been translated, right? So in the Hebrew, the original Hebrew, the word for good is actually tov. So before I get to the meaning of tov, I want you to pause for just a minute with me. And we're going to talk about tov. And I want you to think in your mind, remember the last time you experienced something really good, like really good. Go there in your mind. Hold that there. We experience something really good where it brings a smile to your face. You kind of maybe a chuckle. You got it? Give me a nod or something if you've got something. Okay, hold it in, hold that in your mind. Because there's something that's really important. When we talk about sex, we have to go back to Genesis 1 and 2. That's the only place we can, when we, that we can talk about it before we started to see things start falling apart, right? Then we can talk about all the different ways it's fallen apart. But if we want to look at what God created and what God designed, we have to look in Genesis 1 and 2. And God said it was very good. Well, what's interesting about the word tov, well, no, first, about creation. If you look at creation, when God first started creating, what did God create? First, very first thing God did, God pulls the light out of the darkness, right? Separated them. The next day, what? and God said, this is good. This is good. Next day, God separates the heavens from the earth, right? They were together, one, and God separates and pulls them out, the heavens from the earth. Third day, what does God do? God separates the land from the sea. So they were together. God pulls them apart. Anybody ever been to the ocean? Stood on the edge where you know, the waves lap up and then they roll back? It says God knows that. God created that place where they intersect. What's beautiful about the third day a lot of times that we kind of forget is that's the day God creates vegetation. And when God creates vegetation, what it says in Genesis 1, 11, and 12, then God let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them. And God saw that it was good. So on this third day, this third day, God defines what good is for us here. And it has to do with the seas. Do you see that God said it twice? That's super important in Hebrew. When God says something twice, God's saying, it is so and it is finished. So, but it's on the third day God does this. What is the, when did we experience redemption? When did Jesus rise from the dead, from the very earth? call back and come back to life was when? On the third day. On the third day. It says that on the cross, the darkness consumed the earth, right? What's the very first thing God pulled out? Light from the darkness. And now on the first day, when Jesus is dying, the darkness comes back and consumes the light. And then the temple, what, what rips apart? What had separated people from God, where only one person got to go into the Holy of Holies, 
that is torn apart, ripped apart, because God says, I will not be separated from my people. And then the final thing that happens on the cross when Jesus surrenders his last breath, the earth quakes and moves, and ultimately death takes Jesus into the very core of the earth. And on the third day, what happens? The earth cannot hold him. And he comes forth, and there is what? Life. Now, what does this have to do with sex? You want to know what good is? The meaning of good in Genesis is it's tov. And it means the actualization for the potential of life that is embedded within all of creation. Here's what I want to say to you. You're created in the image of God as man and woman. Your sexuality holds within it seeds of life, the potential for seeds of life. And here's how we'll know if it's good. The difference between the sex, all the different ways that sex can be used, sex can be consumption, sex can become a thing, sex can become a, an e, hold an evil element to it. That is not good. That is not good. In fact, in scripture, that would be called raw. It holds no seeds of life in it whatsoever. In fact, it holds seeds of pain and anguish and shame. But tov, good, holds the actualization for the potential of life that is embedded within creation. When creation chooses to bring it forth with the seeds of life in it. So see, God created sex to be something that is this outpouring where suddenly you come together as two human beings for the purpose of a deep form of worship and joy and absolute, utter, utter delight. But there's a reason why God put some perimeters around it. Not to prevent us from experiencing pleasure. Remember, God's the designer of pleasure. God didn't have to create our bodies the way they were created. They could have been just functional. We didn't have to have the hormones that drive us in the way they drive us. They could have been absent. And when we needed more plow hands, we could have created more plow hands. That could have been God's plan. It was not God's plan. God is not against pleasure. God designed us to experience, experience a freedom in this place that comes from, are we willing to recognize what Tov is. The potential of life we all carry. When a man and a woman come together and share the most sacred part of their bodies with one another and they experience and learn about the sacredness of who God is and who they are. And that's why God designed it to be something that in marriage creates, continues to call forth life, continues to dig deeper 
and find more seeds of life, continues to go deeper to these places that sometimes require, dare I say this, death. Because there are certain elements that if I hang on to and I just cling to my, how I want it to be, then what I'm creating is consumption. When God designed Tov to be this place of communion, of wonder, of exploration, of discovery, of risk, of vulnerability. Because God designed us to experience freedom. Now here's a little scientific fact. The brain actually is involved. Your biggest sex organ is your brain. Do you know that? Biggest sex organ is your brain. Men, I will say, your brain is larger. So larger normally means what? More? Better, maybe? You ever grow up in that? I mean, you know, a bigger car. One, I mean, a boat's nice, but a bigger boat's nicer. You know, the type. One's good, but two's better. So what, a lot of times what we think is bigger means better. Women, you have a smaller brain. Yours is much more compact but your brain is much more efficient, I will say. I did not say better than men. I said it is more efficient, okay? So men, because your brain is larger, one of the things is men have two to three times the amount of brain space for sex and sexual hormones than women do. Just on average. I mean, that's, just, that's, that's a part of how the brain's made. So there's this place where we can often get our identity from our drive versus from, there's an element here of being able to go, oh, wait, what does this incredible difference have to teach us ultimately about our God? Do you know on average for women to even receive blood flow to their genital region takes 20 minutes? On average, for men, maybe two to five seconds. That's a big difference. And it can be frustrating, right? Differences can just be frustrating. But what if the differences have something to teach us about not just who we are, who another person is? And we dared to believe that, oh, I might have something to learn here, not just assume I have something to consume here. See, I think, I think if we're going to experience the freedoms that we want to experience, the freedom that we, I love when that song we sang, as everything in my life comes to life, it come, every, everything in my life comes to life. We sing these songs, and freedom is here. See, I think a lot of us are waiting for freedom to come when we step over that veil and we reach heaven. And actually, in John, when it says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly, that life there is the word zoe, and what it means is right here, right now, abundant life that we actually experience. What if God intended, what if God intended us to not have to wait to experience the abundance, the wonder, the pleasure 
of wholeness. God intended Tov to be the place that we turn to when we see God designed men and women's differences, God created sex, and God said, it is good. It isn't just good. It is so very good. Do you see the potential of life that literally sits and rests in every single one of you if you choose to bring it forth with the seeds of life in it? I've asked the worship team if they'd come back and they would sing that freedom song again because we sing these songs, and I love these songs that we sing. Do we listen to the words? I want you to sing the song this time, and I want you to listen to the words in it, and I want you to literally think about yourself as a sexual being. Honestly, God will see that as spiritual. God sees that as spiritual. And in that, listen to the words, everything in my life, and here's a simple prayer. Simple prayer as you're doing this. God, I, what, if, what would it be like for my sexuality to be good? Not, not just good. What would it be like, God, for my sexuality to be very good? Would you, would you meet me there? Because here's what I know. God is a God that heals restores, and wants us to walk in utter freedom and joy.